Hello, and welcome to this podcast. I'm Cindy Pierce, and over a year ago, I led a home Bible study about the women of the Bible. Each week was about one or possibly two women, and I read her story out of the Bible and interjected some thoughts and facts about the story. Then after the reading, I would recap the story, talk about each woman and some of her characteristics, and how it could apply to us today. I really enjoyed doing the teachings, and I was so excited about it that soon other women that I worked with wanted to participate. So before I knew it, I not only had the home Bible study, but I was also doing three different lunchtime work Bible studies. So with the encouragement of some of that group, I'm going to put these lessons on this podcast. I'm using the same format. I will read the story straight out of the Bible with some thoughts. I use the New American Standard Version only because that's what I grew up reading. Then I will recap and talk a little bit about the story. And at the very end of each one, I'll give you a little reminder from the lesson on something to praise God for, something to thank him for, something to confess, and something to ask of him. One of the things I loved about this process is that God's word says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. So I believe that as you listen or study along with me, that God will speak to your heart. I hope you enjoy this as much as I have. So let's get started at the beginning with the story of Eve. We're going to start in Genesis 1, verse 26. Okay, so starting in verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I've given you every plant-yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit-yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Genesis 2 verse 1 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed, and all their hosts. By the seventh day God completed his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. This is the account of the heavens and the earth, when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven. So this first part, um, the whole first chapter of Genesis, the part we read, and then the first four verses in Genesis, are a summary of the account of God making the heavens and the earth. And now in verse 5 forward, he's going to kind of give more of a detail of it. So in verse 5 it says, Now no shrub of the field was yet in the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted. For the Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. Okay, notice this verse. So right away he's saying that man 
um, had a job to do to cultivate the ground. Verse 6, But a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man of dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So this verse is very important because it says right here in the book of Genesis, in one of the first chapters, that we are made up of three parts. We're made up of body, soul, and spirit. So from this verse, we see that the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, that's the body, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, that's our spirit, and man became a living being or a soul. So that's our mind, will, and emotions. So right in this verse, we see that we're made up of three parts. Verse 8, the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man who he had formed. Out of the ground, the Lord God caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river flowed out from Eden to water the garden, and from there it divided and became four rivers. I'm going to skip down to verse 15 because those verses just talk about those rivers. Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. So again, keep note of this verse because we're going to come back to this. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you shall eat from it you will surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So, Notice the word helper, um, that his first thought was to actually have a helpmate or a helper for man. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. So this is fun, a fun verse, because basically, can you imagine Adam sitting there and each type of animal coming across and the giraffe with their long necks and the hippos and the flamingos and the monkeys and he got to name them all. I'm sure it took a while but um, we have some funny names for animals and you know that that was probably kind of fun for Adam. The man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field but for Adam there was not found a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So we use that verse in a lot of weddings, and right from the beginning, God made uh, man and woman, and put them together as one. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So that point is there because we're going to see what happens next. So Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? So notice right away he twisted the truth just a little bit just to get her to respond. So the woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. So notice she added just a little bit. You shall not eat from it or touch it. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. 
and he's adamant that that's wrong, um, which introduces the thought to the woman that, you know, God didn't tell them the truth. For God knows, this is verse 5, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Verse 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and it ate. And she also gave to her husband with her and he ate. So this verse is interesting. I um, There's a verse in 1 John, which I just think it's cool that these two verses tie together. There's a, first, there's a verse in 1 John 2, verse 16, that says this. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And I just think it's interesting that all the way at the end of the Bible, and in the book of John, um, there's a verse that kind of ties into this. Because if we look back at what she saw, she says that she, it says in verse 6 that she saw the tree was good for food, which is the lust of the flesh. She saw that it was a delight to the eyes, which is lust of the eyes. And she saw that it was desirable to make one wise. In fact, the serpent had said that she would be like God. So that's the pride of life. And so I think that's just an interesting tie-in from the book of Genesis to 1 John that kind of those verses for me tie together. So in verse 7, the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. So notice... Their physical eyes are not open. They obviously could already see, but their spiritual eyes are now open. And, they're, um, and they felt shame. They, they were ashamed that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. Verse 8. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Okay, so let's notice right here that obviously God already knew the answers to these questions, but he's giving them a chance. So in verse 12, the man says, the woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So notice she blames right away too. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. So this is interesting because in verse 15, God is already prophesying um, that, first of all, the enemy, the serpent, Satan, and mankind will be at odds all the way through history. And we'll see this repeated again and again. And also um, in the part that he shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel, that the enemy would constantly um, be trying to overcome um, Jesus, but look in verse, the first part of verse 15, where it says, between your seed and her seed. So physically, women don't have seeds. So this is prophetic, 
um, mankind has sinned now and God is already prophesying into the future a way to fix the problem because he is already in this verse prophesying that Jesus will come through a woman. And then in verse 16, he continues, and to the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth and in pain you will bring forth children. Yet your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. So they don't have children yet. So he is prophesying that they will have children. And then in verse 17 to Adam, he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat from it, cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it will grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So um, we had read that all the plants of the field were good for food. Now thorns and thistles have been um, added into the mix. Verse 20, the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. So in verse 21, we have the first sacrifice. The Lord actually took animals and sacrificed them to give them skin to cover themselves instead of the fig leaves. In verse 22, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, and now he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life, and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword which turned in every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. In chapter 4, verse 1, the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Again, she gave birth to his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So we're not going to read this chapter because this is the story of Cain and Abel, but we do know that Cain uh, gets jealous and rises up and kills his brother, um, and therefore Abel is, is dead and gone, and then Cain is banished um, from the area that they live in because he has murdered his brother. So... Adam and Eve, in the story of the first family, it's a very dysfunctional family because they've had two sons and now they have neither. So in verse 25 of 4, Adam had relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth. For she said, God has appointed me another offspring in place of Abel, for Cain killed him. Um, and I believe the name Seth actually means appointed or compensate. So Seth became the first in, in the line of Christ, in the line that of the family line that God was going to bring Jesus um, to earth through. So um, to Seth, to him also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. And it says an interesting line here, then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. So they realized their need for God at the end of this chapter and began to call on him. So that's the end of the um, part in the Bible about Eve, let's talk about um, a couple of things that we've noticed. So one, um, Eve walked with God every evening. She and Adam got to just walk in the garden with him. There was no pain, no shame, no guilt, no stress, just walking with God and talking to him. 
I don't really know what they talked about, but they could have talked about plants and animals and, you know, it was just a, a relaxed relationship. So um, she, she gave that up by um, falling into the deception that, that came next. Um, so another point about it is we already mentioned that God asked them several questions and gave them a chance to answer because he obviously already knew the answer. But Adam blamed her, and she quickly blamed the serpent. And it's not just Adam and Eve, because we're all quick to blame, especially if we get caught in something. We love to blame others for our sins. Instead of being um, quick to repent, we're, we're quick to find a reason for why we did it. So um, we just see that example carried through to our lives today. We talked about the curses and that the serpent... Um, the curse to the serpent was really the first prophecy of the fact that God was going to um, immediately think of a way to fix the problem of man's sin and how that separated us from him. Um, we talked about that uh, God also told Eve at that point that she was going to have children. And we talked about for Adam that the thorns and thistles came into play. So let's look at the word cultivate and keep. Back in verses 5 and 15, um, the words cultivate and keep were given. And I looked those up in the original language, and cultivate means to labor, to work, to work for another, or to serve. And the word keep means to guard or watch, to observe or preserve, to protect, and I love the phrase, or to put a hedge about. So this was even before the curse. God said that he put Adam in the garden to cultivate and keep it. And I love this because from the very beginning, God wanted man to do something. He wanted us to work. He wanted us to serve. He wanted us to do something, to find purpose. He gave them purpose from the very beginning. And I believe that he wants each of us to find our purpose, that he has a purpose for, um, he had a purpose for Adam and Eve. He has a purpose for mankind. He has a purpose for you and for me. And he wants us to, Find out what that purpose is. And then lastly, if we just look at Eve's life a little bit. Originally, she just walked with God. They were in the Garden of Eden. You think, wow, how could you blow that? But she was deceived by the serpent and she fell. And then they toiled. And they had a lifetime of working for food, of working their land. She had two children initially. One was murdered, so she lost him. The other was a murderer, and he was banished from there, so she lost him. And then, you know, a lot of the a lot of the stories in the Bible are just so reflective of mankind and, and life. And I've said often that they could literally all be movies that we see on TV because there there is drama in it. There is um you know, sin and what that causes and the consequences of that in many of these stories. So um, just looking at this first family in the Bible and what they went through, and then um, God did bless her. And the last thing that we see where she um, actually has a voice where she speaks is to name her third son, Seth, um, which means to compensate. And so she ended up, you know, with a, with a son to take their place and the last verse I noted was interesting because then Seth eventually had Enosh, and it says that then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. So they started realizing that they needed God in their lives and to seek him again. 
And then the last point is Eve was deceived. And so a lot of times we'll say things like, well, if, uh, if they hadn't sinned, there wouldn't be thorns and there wouldn't be sickness. And, you know, they brought sin into the world um, as if to blame them. But I think that we know that because God gave us a free will, that even if it hadn't been Adam and Eve, that at some point um, man's willfulness would have called, caused sin. And so one of the things that's interesting, I think, is that we have the same choice Eve did every day. And I like to say that we have it sort of in reverse. So she started by walking in freedom and then chose sin and we are we all start out in sin, but every day we have the choice to walk with God and to be free. So we all have the option to make the same choice she did. We can we can choose to walk with God, to have that same relationship that she did at the beginning with him, to trust him, to walk with him, to find our purpose in him. It's our choice. It's our choice to not um, live in sin and be deceived. So um I just think that's kind of an interesting perspective to look at that and think that um, basically we have the same choice that she did, um, I like to say in reverse. So I said, I promised that at the end of each one, um, just kind of as a, as a prayer format, that I would point out some things that we could praise God for, thank him for, um, confess to him, and then ask of him. So for the praise part, we want to praise him that he did create us in his image that he makes us capable of reflecting his love, truth, strength, goodness, wisdom, and beauty. He literally made us uh, in his image with characteristics of him. So we want to give him praise for that. We want to thank him that right from the beginning, he gave us the promise of the Redeemer. He literally promised Jesus was going to come through um, a line, through, through a family in the Bible, and that um, from that line, we would be redeemed. So right from the beginning, as soon as sin entered the world, God stepped in with a plan to redeem us. And we want to give him thanks for that. And then for confession, that our tendency is to mar God's image by choosing our will over his. And how quick we are to choose our will over his. So we just confess that that is part of our tendency and ask him to forgive us for that. And then to ask him... Um, that we just want to surrender our lives so that he can fulfill his purpose for creating us. And um, as an added thought, that we can find that purpose. So my prayer for you from this story is that you will reach out um, to God and walk in a relationship with him and be able to fulfill, to find and fulfill your purpose and the purpose that he created you for. Um, thank you for listening. Please join me again soon for another lesson on the women of the Bible.